Hello, James. So it looks like the restraining order didn't pound out after all. Oh, no. You're stuck with me. <laughs> well, that's fine and dandy. We had to take a break. Uh, did we record last week? I think we did. I think we did. I don't know. I broke a long streak. I had an interesting weekend. I, well, the Japanese have a word for it, James. Hakimashita. It's that uh, when you don't beat it for like over a month? Well, that's a separate story. <laughs> but I vomited, James. That was you a... vomited? Right into the toilet. Oh, because you were sick. Yeah. I thought you vomited because you were uh, drunk. Oh, no. I mean, we'll get there someday. I've... Dude, I remember the last time I vomited... Um, when I was drunk. See, I really only vomit when I'm drunk now. Um, <laughs> see, but I'm a nighttime vomiter. So, I, it's cool because I sleep on my side now. Ah. But I, if I get, if you see me blacked out drunk enough, that's usually when, like, that's usually if there's, like, pills or, like, <laughs> you know, just other substances involved. That's when I'll wake up in the pool a vomit. So a sleepy time vomiter. It, does, it doesn't really so much matter that it's dark out, just yeah, that it I happens mean... <laughs> when you're asleep. Yeah. Oh, there was one night. Oh, I remember my friend Simon was in town. We were celebrating. Um, everyone, I brought a fifth of whiskey. Someone brought a fifth of vodka. Someone brought a fifth of tequila. Someone brought a 30-pack of beer. Someone brought a bunch of blow. And it was funny because there was only, like, 12 people at the party. You skipped what you were <laughs> celebrating, but, I mean... Oh, you know, yeah. So this sounds like reason to celebrate it. Simon was in town. Mm. Um, and, um... We are just... Maybe it was his birthday, I don't remember. But I do remember waking up with a sprained ankle, wearing nothing but my boxers... I woke up next to a friend. I don't think we slept together that night. We just... Well, we did sleep together. You know, we didn't fuck. Um, but here's... <laughs> oh, she was not happy. Because I woke up in the... And she woke up in oh, a pool of, um, of bodily fluids. Well, when you go to these sorts of parties... <laughs> These teenagers. It, it was the the trifecta. I know. I was like nineteen. Oh my god. <laughs> the trifecta was vomit, urine, and blood. I don't even know where the blood came from, <laughs> but um, but yeah. And then I tried to get. Oh, this is how I found out I had a sprained ankle. <laughs> I you know, got I got out of bed to try to clean up and I immediately fell on the ground I was like ah she's just like what's wrong and I'm like I fucked up my ankle I mean do you remember much from uh, the night before I, I remember us getting out of um okay here's when I blacked out um we caught a lift to um, Mission Street, which is near my house. And I remember catching my foot on a part of the car, and I fucking hit the pavement. Hmm. And that was the last thing I remembered. Closed my eyes, opened them, I'm in my bed. <laughs> Well, covered I mean, in bodily fluids. <laughs> it sounds like you missed the night. No, 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 oh, no, no. The no. night happened before you got in the car. No, no, no. The night was fun. You know, we were drinking, mm. partying, you know, underage drinking, drug use. Uh, you just missed them carrying you into the house. I don't even know if I was carried. I, I'm pretty sure I... Yeah, I walked... I'm probably pretty sure I walked home. Mm. See, Tim, there's a difference between passing out and blacking out. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I need to learn. Yeah. Um. You could still fucking walk somewhere. You can still do stuff when you're blackout drunk. That's good to know. 
I think I also learned that from King of the Hill. You could, if you're hopped up on goofballs, you could kill a coworker. It's uh, uh, a goofball. <laughs> I don't know. That's what Hank Hill asked. Because he thought a goofball. <laughs> he thought he uh, thought he that um, had killed Debbie while he was high on marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> Debbie. It was, like, it was like season four. It was st- still very Mike Judgy. Was Debbie his coworker? Yeah, I don't know. She was only in like in like those two episodes or something. Um, yeah, because I watched King of the Hill, but I didn't like religiously watch King of the Hill. No, Tim has a King of the Hill back tattoo. Oh yes, <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon, you could see it yourself and more. It's it's in color. I'll tell you that much. It's sort of one of those um, collage, like you know those movie posters, those Avengers posters where you see all the characters, they're all looking left and right, and one in the center is looking dead at you. It's sort of like that. Yeah. I have, um, the only back tat I have is of uh, the Virgin Mary. But she's got an uncircumcised penis. Oh, of course. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, when they translated it from the Greek, you know, yeah, I know. Um, I wanted to have her cut, but um, you know, it was the inner Catholic of me who told me she's ripped, but she's not cut. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> cut as in like a. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are we even going with this? <laughs> um, oh, I'm just yes anding you, man. So. Uh, let's start off with uh, our weekends. How was your weekend, Tim? Well, like I told you, I got sick. I ate some uh, Chinese takeout. I threw up. No, I was scared. I was scared because, I don't know, the last time I ever got food poisoning, and I guess it's one of those weird situations where I had the chills and I probably, you know, I was feverish, so I guess I was really sick. That just sounds like a flu. Yeah, yeah, but I think the food did me in because nothing I ate after that got to me. It was just this takeout where I just sort of really had to sit on the toilet, got nauseous. My fingers and toes started going numb. I was clutching myself, literally going, hum, hum. And uh, Shang, th- you know, she called, because uh, I basically wanted her to call Kaiser or someone. And they said, they, their response seemed to be a lukewarm, well, you can bring him in if you want. Yeah, come on, Tim. Well, I wasn't sure what it was. My fingers and toes, James. Was it the opium that you smoked that day? Well, I mean... You're probably just dope sick, Tim. I don't, I don't get sick. <laughs> Not on the dope. It sounds like a common case of dope sickness. <laughs> no, that was me last week. I, um... I... Well, okay, so... I, you know... I have some back issues, and, um... I decided, you know, instead of, like, stretching and working out more and properly dieting and exercising, I'll just take some prescription drugs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I did, and that really lowered my immune system. And, um, oh boy, it's really sick. Oh, but I was dope sick, you know? Like, I knew what that sickness was. It was all too familiar. But, um... Because I'm a healthy boy. It was scary to me. Yeah, uh... And then anyway, I threw up and instantly felt better. Okay, well that sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah. Did you still go to work? Um, yeah, the day after, I went to work. Wow. At that point, you know, it was sort of just like I would have called in sick. Yeah, well then you would have had to come in (laughs) if I had called in sick. My weekend, you selfish dick. No. <laughs> Go on. Uh, what did I do? I actually requested the weekend off because it was some of my friends last week in San Francisco. They're moving back to Fresno mm. because you can't really afford. Now we can really afford to live here. Yeah. Um. So they're moving back to Fresno, which is cool and all. Um. But uh. Uh, so okay, so I was like, "Oh, I want to hang out with you guys." And I'm like, "Cool, uh, this weekend's gonna be our last time hanging out." So I was like, "Okay, I request it." And then they let me know they couldn't hang out when I went to their show. 
Well, you know, they were going to call you, but they knew they were going to see you. Yeah, well, at least they got me on the guest list. Yeah. I love them. I'll always love them, but I wasn't pissed that we couldn't hang out because I understood. I was just sad. It's sort of like, uh, you know, a dad uh, saying he'll take you to the baseball game. And then he never did. <laughs> that was my dad. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no, I was gonna make a. I was gonna make a reference to a movie that I'd rewatched this weekend. Mm. Uh, I was telling Tim about it on our way here. Um, this movie called Mean Creek, and it's one of my favorite coming of age films, solely because Josh Peck is in it. <laughs> Not skinny, adult, handsome man. Uh, we're talking pudgy, uh, old pear-shaped uh, mop top. Josh Peck. Yeah. Now, when you first oh said, four, <laughs> <laughs> when you first said it to me, I thought in my head I was honestly picturing Drake Bell. You were like Josh Peck, and I, in my head I was like, oh, it's a Drake Bell movie. <laughs> Did, what, were you not the craziest fan of uh, Drake and Josh? No, I don't know. That was past kind of like by that era, I was less watching live action Nick and more watching like, honestly, I watched a lot of G4 TV in that time. Uh, you know, the TV for nerds, James. Hey, you might not have noticed, but I'm a little weird. <laughs> I think that's from Glee. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> go on, Mean Creek. Mean Creek. So it's this 2004. Uh, how old were you in 2004? Uh, probably a uh, 13. What? Right? Well, how old was I? Or turning 13? Uh, I guess I was 10. Hmm. Uh, I was like either nine or 10 years old. Um, You're the right demographic. Well, the movie is rated R. Oh. Drake and Josh are oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, we both watched the Amanda show. Yeah, yeah. Um, They were on that. Uh, it's just, um, okay, so Mean Creek. It's about this um, Josh Peck. Okay, so it's basically this kid uh, notices Josh Peck's webcam, like camcorder. On the ground while Josh Peck is trying to, like, ju- shoot some hoops, you know, trying to send his, uh, his demo to the NBA. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This don't know already why. sounds sad. I don't know why he's recording. I don't know. 2004, jo- Josh Peck. I mean, Josh, wait, what's the name? Yeah, Josh Peck. So, 2004, Josh Peck, um... And then, uh, this kid notices it and touches it, so Josh Peck just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> and, um... Well, he sounds like, uh, I mean, he's got the all the control in this, uh, he's got the presence, the status. Well, he's like, you know, he's kind of a bully. And then, so, kid talks to his redneck older brother, and his redneck older brother was like, hey, we're gonna get revenge on this little fat kid. Um... So they do, um, but on the way to getting the revenge, they taught, uh, they get to know Josh Peck more and they know, and they like find out that he's like, actually, uh, a nice kid with just some learning disabilities, um, and social issues. And, uh, his parents had to get him vaccinated. His dad. This is before his dad met Drake's mom. Right. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they find out he's a he's a nice kid, and then um, some stuff goes awry, and that's. I don't want to spoil the rest of the movie. Dang it. Okay, well, let me take a guess. From what you've shown me, it ends up on a boat in a lake of some sort, or a creek. That probably fits all the context clues. Um, let's see. Let's see. I th- does a kid drown by the end of the movie? Not by the end of the movie, but yes, a kid does drown. Okay. Uh, is it death by, like, the other kids impose this on, like, the other kids are the perpetrators? Mm. Is it more of an accidental? It would it's be an accidental thing. Manslaughter in court? Okay. Yeah. 
Well, see, but this is death by rednecks. Oh. So they're going to get rid of that body. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Mean Creek. We'll have to watch it. We do. We do. Um, and then I've rewatched this. I don't know. I was on an early. I was on a early two thousands hype. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched this movie. I rewatched um, all the boys love K- Carrie Lane, Mandy Lane. Mm-hmm. Some shitty two thousands horror film. Um, but you see, you know, in the in the two thousands horror, um. It really, I don't know. Um, the teenagers in horror movies have always been less than reputable characters. I mean, how else are you gonna kill them off? You can't kill off nice people. That's that would be wrong, of course. Um, but I don't know what it was in the early two thousands. They've really hammed up the obnoxious teenager thing, like uh, because before in the eighties. Like, I've rewatched um, A Nightmare on Elm Street not too long ago. Mm. And, uh. It's funny. Uh. Because you think. Um. Sorry, I'm pulling up something. You think this. Uh, you think Tina, played by Amanda Wise, is the main character. Because, you know, it's it kind of surrounds. Her for the first uh, for the first few scenes of the movie, and then she gets killed. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, now we know to keep our guard up. Hey, you know we yeah. we were uh, we thought we knew what was going on. They pull a psycho, mm. although it's psycho. The uh, main lady's the main lady. She dies like halfway into the film. I think. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever. Anyone has ever watched Psycho? Have you watched Psycho? I have not. I know it through about a million, like, uh, references. We all get a little mad sometimes. Every boy's best friend is his mother. See, when I was a kid and I heard, we all go a little mad sometimes, I thought that that was an original line from the movie Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know... But that was a remake. That was a line from Psycho. Hmm. So, but speaking of remakes, the remake of Psycho. Woof. Well, I, I'm going to make you finish your tangent about um, teenagers. Oh, teenagers and horror films. Okay. Sorry. I uh, got off track there. <laughs> yeah, in the 80s, there was a... Um, I don't know, uh, teenagers in slasher films were likable at a, to a certain point. Um, Based on my limited knowledge of basically just uh, Sleepaway Camp 1 and 2. Oof. I mean, in 1, they were mostly younger, they were just kind of rude. Yeah, they were like kids. Yeah, yeah, but there was like, you know, like the rude boys. I think some of them were older. And then Sleepaway Camp 2 was like true teenagers. Yeah, that was with tits. Yeah, they were all mm. horny, but then they were also all jokes, and they were all sort of joke deaths. Like, it played it for laughs, but even then, I forget. I didn't really sympathize with any of them. You just sort of knew they were supposed to die. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp, that... Okay, when I say 80s, I'm thinking late 70s to early 80s. Mm. I'm thinking the original line of slashes. Like, um, the first two Friday the 13th films have some uh, good characters in them that aren't just cattle ready ready to get slaughtered by farmer Jason Voorhees. (laughs) Um, The first two Nightmare on Elm Streets, actually, the second Nightmare on Elm Street... It has one of my favorite protagonists of not just a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but um, of a horror movie in general. Because uh, he is... They don't say he's gay, but it's heavily implied. <laughs> For, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is a pretty gay horror film. Hmm. <clears throat> 
And it was awesome, because it came out in the fucking smack dab in the middle of the Reagan era. This is, um, a protagonist? Yeah. Yeah, so this guy moves into Nancy Kerrigan's house. Nancy Kerrigan's the, um, protagonist of the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And pretty much everyone's saying, ooh, there's a spooky house! And it's just funny, because, like, uh... I would understand if someone moved into Nancy Kagan's house, like, later on in the movie or in a reboot or, like, uh, in if or if the sequel was set in the future. But the sequel took place, like, a year or two after the first one because it was made a year or two after the first one. And, uh, there was no time. Like, like it's funny because the dad or Nancy, like, they sold the house. They're still cleaning blood off the walls. Yeah, they couldn't have told anyone else. It's been like, hey, man, it was a weird house. I mean, it, it, regardless of the house, it does, like, the ha- Freddy Krueger's not, you know, he does not work around the house. But <laughs> still, if, uh... If a few people died in that house, like, a a year or two prior to the sequel... You'd think it would at least come at a bargain. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably some plot point in the movie. They're just like, ooh, hmm. so cheap. <laughs> Do you know what actually is really cheap? In the middle of Boulder, Colorado... Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Boulder is a... Uh, it's a bougier town. A lot of rich people live there. But you don't have to be rich if you want to live in, um, what's her fucking name's house? Uh, oh! This was a serial killer woman? No, 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 no. No, she, um, what in the fuck was her name? This is before our time. Well, we were probably alive when it happened, but we were, like, far too young to, uh. Okay, what did she do? What was the crime? No, this girl, this little girl was killed in the house, um. Yeah, uh, this, uh, like, kid pageant model. Hmm. Because um, I can think of Maddie uh, McCann. I can think of the girl who got lost in Aruba. John Benet Ramsey. Oh! Um, it was her name. Okay. A lot of people, uh, people assume that it was her parents who killed her, but it's crazy because, like, the, no one really found out who killed her. And, uh, mind you, she's a rich little white girl in Boulder, Colorado. People are going to fucking try to find out who killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she disappeared in, like, in her own home. Um, and a letter was sent out, a, a ransom letter, basically, saying, like, if you don't come up with X amount of money, she's going to die. Uh, and they're trying to get the money together, but they found her dead body prior, uh, like before. But do you know what's the crazy thing is? They found her body in the house. Oh. Yeah, she disappeared in the house. They found the ransom note in the house. And they found her body in the house. So, I mean, come on. You got to change the locks at least. So, <laughs> I mean... I don't know what her parents' motives would have been to, like, kill some... Maybe she just placed in silver too many times. Yeah. Oh, dude, she was fucking six years old when she died. Okay, so... I was thinking, I was like, oh, did she die in 1990? No. She was born in 1990, died in 96. Mm. So we were... We were both a lot. But you were, like, five, and I was two. (laughs) We wouldn't have been hit with with that headline news. Yeah. Uh, was an American child beauty queen who was killed in her father's home in Boulder, Colorado. A lengthy handwritten ransom note was found in the house, and JonBenet Ramsey's father, John, found her in the basement of their own house. Uh, eight. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so her dad, John, found her eight hours after they reported her missing. Uh, she sustained a broken skull. From a blow to the head, she'd been strangled. Um, 
A rope was tied around her neck. The autopsy report stated the official case. Uh, oh, um, so she died. She was strangled to death. Um, it was a homicide. Um, there was no, like, like, uh, she hadn't been sexually assaulted because I guess people need to add that in now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a homicide. And, um, well, going off of my very limited information, I mean, uh, fuck, dude, she died eight hours after they reported her missing. Well, we, she was found. Yeah, we don't know that, though, right? Like, like they could have uh, brought her back in. Like, if the parents did it, they could have just brought her back in. They have an accident. They write a, a lengthy ransom note because they got to make it look real. Yeah. And then they, I feel bad accusing people I don't even know. Uh, South Park did it. Murdering their own so, daughter. South Park, um, did you see Butter's very own episode? I mean, probably years ago. <laughs> you lying, murdering murderer! But when he, Dude, like, come on, with the cameras would fan to fucking OJ. Oh, i How can you live with yourself, you filthy piece of human waste murderer? Yeah. <laughs> They did that twice. They did that during that, and then uh, there's another episode with, like, a steroid trial. It was uh, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, and some other baseball player from the early 2000s. So Mark McGuire, was he involved in all that? I don't know anything about baseball. Uh, probably. It's, it's funny, because, like, baseball in the early 2000s is crazy, because... A lot of home runs, a lot of, like, good pitching, a lot of... Because a lot of people were on steroids. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, uh, San Francisco comedian Greg Proops will defend Barry Bonds to the death because, you know, he's kind of the one who gets hung and quartered, drawn and quartered, even though he's just one of the ones who got caught. Yeah. Yeah, there was multiple people... It was the fucking early 2000s. It's the managers and team owners just, you know, if one is, what do you call it, juicing, everyone else has got to juice. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried steroids? No. I remember once. Do you? Oh, God. Let me try to get the name right. Creatine? I think creatine is the most basic possible protein powder type thing, but it does, um, what do you, it, Something like it uh, removes water from, I don't know, whatever water you're holding. And so you see a slight boost as you start taking it. And then it just sort of, you know, it levels off. But I remember uh, taking creatine for the first time and thinking I had, like, you know, <laughs> gotten so, so So swole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ripped. I think it just removed some water weight, uh, water weight around my biceps. <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts to that uh, SpongeBob episode. Now I'm a jerk, <laughs> yeah. and everyone loves me. Goes, hey, whip, whippy, whippy, whippy. <laughs> that fucking episode. Uh, I love how the uh, his arms were not the same color as his body. They're just like they're pink. <laughs> they're like pink. Buff man arms. <laughs> I've been thinking. I've been thinking if I'm going to review, not so much review, but um, uh, compare, rate, uh, find the top SpongeBob episodes, I'm going to need a rubric. And I've got a pretty simple one here. I think my. Uh, oh, so this is what this podcast is turning into. Yes. Yes, of course. A review of our favorite Spongebob episodes. This is what the people really need to see. A ranking. I'm not going to individually, well, I'll have to tell you uh, what they are. But So here's my rubric for ranking Spongebob episodes. Conceptual strength. You and your Spotify. Ah! <laughs> my Spotify. I was on Instagram. Always, always with the Instagram. Okay, I'll, I'll just... Thank you. Conceptual strength. Does it even look good on paper? Does it sound hackney? Joke dialogue. Because sometimes it, all it needs is a strong line. 
Sight gag, because you know that a strong sight gag can save a whole episode. Punchline, how does it end? And then finally, what drags it down? Because if there's just one really, like, you know, one thing that I just kind of, you know, cringe at, that's going to that's gonna bring down the score. So I'm going to start. I'm going to do it. I'll, I swear I'll do it. I'm going to start with, um, what is it called? Help Wanted? The <laughs> Bubble first stand. episode? Bubble Stand or Help Wanted. I'm going to start. Those are two episode blocks of the same episode. Oh. Well, then. Then right? I'm not, then I'm right either way. No, 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 no. I no. Think they are. Help Wanted. No, Bubble Stand is, I want to say, probably like the second episode. Okay. Because the first, I think the episode uh, is Help Wanted. That's like the very first SpongeBob episode. Okay. The second episode in that block is, um, uh, I don't know the name of the episode, but it's when he meets Sandy. Okay. Uh, tea at the Tree Dome or something. Yeah. All right. Well, next week I'll try to have that for you. I'll have a, a, a ranking system. We'll, we'll see if it's out of 100. We'll see how those two do. Uh, round two? Sure. And we're back. Back in black. Who sings that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love you, Tim. <laughs> Wait, let me let me share something with you here. Let me. Speaking of back in black, the saga of Loquitia. Have you heard anything about this? I don't remember that SpongeBob episode. <laughs> oh, you will now. Oh, let me find let me find this thing. I'm gonna be. Doing this in a real seat of my pants kind of way, because I'm just following what people are posting on fucking something awful. Well, first of all, let's let's take a break here for you to watch this um this trailer posted a few days ago. Now, <laughs> we're going to follow this thread for a little while. A comment from one of the film actors re the title of the film. Someone said that Loquitia is literally the name white men use when they want to make fun of exotic black names. I asked the actors why they made a movie called this. One replied. Camille James Harmon responded, I don't have a problem with the name of the film. I do have a problem with so-called anti-fascists. They are usually fascists. <laughs> Sort of a non-sequitur. Okay. One theater responded that he wanted to rent them for a screening. Apparently, it's not even a movie. It's more of a, uh, more of a, what would you call it? Vanity project. Created by this couple that run some sort of company. Basically, that's uh, involved in marketing, not really filmmaking. They brag about getting official selection at the San Los Obispo Film International Film Festival, but it turns out to be a tiny festival which is mostly run by volunteers, and it looks like most of the films they screen are by middle school and high school kids. It was scheduled to be in this year's festival back in March, but it looks like they've dropped it and replaced it with a different film. The San Los Obispo International Film Festival responded, In regards to the trailer for the film Loquitia, the film was never selected, screened, or given an award at our festival. That's uh, the first claim that the trailer makes. The SLO Film Fest laurels were taken without permission, and we are currently working to have them removed. Let's see. Marlon Wayans. Uh, I hate when people tag me in their bullshit. It's annoying as fuck. I don't know. I think this is because uh, Jeremy Seville, the actor, tagged Marlon Wayans. I was wondering when they were going to make a sequel to Soul Man. <laughs> but now here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, of course. Because we've all been had. Loquitia is not a real film. Jeremy Seville and wife are not some sort of racist, like, uh, anti-woke comedy, you know, politically incorrect bullshit type of movie making people. The whole thing is basically, I don't know if you'd call it viral advertising. 
for Boots Riley's new movie. Boots Riley, who you might recall from, uh, what do you call it? Thank you for the one where uh, the guy's a... Uh, oh, no, 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 um, Thank you for calling or something like that? Thank you for calling. Loquisha is, in fact, part of the promotion for, I believe, Boots Riley's next film is called Jeremy Seville Gets an Oscar. And it's, uh, what do you call it, a take on, you know, Hollywood's obsession, or white Hollywood's obsession with portraying black culture, with, I believe, a quote from Boots Riley is, I mean, fucking Green Book won an Oscar. And so... So ends, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) ends the saga of Loquisha, and we'll just have to look forward to uh, a real movie. I thought we were gonna get that Soul Man sequel that we all wanted. If only James. That now it's up to us. (laughs) Have you seen Soul Man? I don't think so. I've no, I haven't even seen Soul Plane. Do you know what Soul Man is? No. Oh, (laughs) is it? Let let me look this up. <laughs> so this movie is a is a real movie. <laughs> this is Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, but is it is it um Spike Spike Lee though? Is it not Spike Lee? I don't think it's a Spike Lee movie. Oops. <laughs> Well, that's a shame. Is this the guy that did um, the Indian character in uh, in Johnny Five? Johnny Five doesn't look like it. Look, well, because uh, Johnny Five had a character who was incredibly Indian and also incredibly a white guy in makeup. I've only seen one movie with a Native American in it, <laughs> and it was Indian in the cupboard. Thank you very much. Okay. We all know your opinion on Indian in the cupboard. Please tell me the plot of Soul Man, because it looks like it's about a white man pretending to be black. Yep. (laughs) You got it. So this guy's trying to get into Harvard, and he's... Oh, he's gaming the quota system. Yeah, he's basically just saying, like... um, Okay, uh, I want to get in on a scholarship. I guess I'll try to go in as a minority. So he decides to go in blackface. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hey, that was okay in 1986, I swear. Oh, man. I was watching this old Kids in the Hall bit hmm. where Scott was in blackface. I was like, oh, this, um, the sketch was, uh, this lady is taking her boyfriend back, uh, to her parents' house to introduce him to her parents. Sort of a guess who's coming to dinner situation. Yeah. And, um, Scott, oh, but pretty much. Okay. So it's, you know, it's a sketch comedy show where the core group of people, it, they don't. They rarely use other actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Canada, so you know, hardly any black people. Of course. So, um, yeah, Scott it was in blackface for that sketch, and um, basically, uh, what happens is she goes and introduces uh, him to the parents. Parents love him, but she's like overreacting the whole sketch. Calling them like bigots and racists, and uh, and but she's like, but he's just this very whitewashed black dude. He is a white guy in blackface, but that's the character is this very just like bland guy who just so happens to be black. That's the joke. Yeah, and um. Uh, at the end, she just like leaves them all, and she goes, "I'm going to Harlem because I need." And then, uh, and the parents ask Scott if uh, he's ever been to Harlem. She, he's like, "Hey, have you guys ever been? To, uh, have you ever been to Harlem?" And he's like, "Yes, but you know, only in the daytime." <laughs> Let's see how the sketch ends. Um, 
I think one of the most controversial sketches is it's this ongoing sketch. Um, it's another Scott sketch. Um, he has this character named Buddy Cole, and I think Buddy Cole is fucking hysterical. Um, this is very stereotypical gay guy, oh. <laughs> and um. So the actor who plays Scott, uh, he is gay, like IRL, um, and he says that uh, Buddy Cole was based off of a boyfriend that he once had, uh, but yeah, the sketches are just fucking out there. <laughs> um, let me see, let me see if I can find a short enough one to show you and get your take on it. And my face then. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite that's my favorite line of the fucking whole sketch um, basically he just goes on to talk about how he fell in love with somebody um, he's got there's like crazy ass bits um, well cause the joke is more the vanity of the whole thing yeah he has um one of my favorite ones is he's not in the bar he's telling his monologue so all these sketches with him are monologues. Um, he's giving a monologue from prison, and he's talking about why he's in prison. And he was like, "So for my birthday, uh, my friends took me out to a drag show." And he's like, "Gay men." They. He was like, "We, we don't care." Like, you know, he's like. We don't really care about drag shows. But one of the queens came up to us. Uh, she's like, her name was Peggy Lee. Uh, it was, it was a, pe- a drag queen being Peggy Lee. And the uh, <laughs> guy's like, no. <laughs> she's like, but I didn't want to lead her on, but I didn't want to ignore her. So I gave her one of the smiles without looking at her. Kind of like this. He goes, and that's when the acid kicked in. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh. he goes up on stage and yells at her. He goes, there's no real point to this. You're not even really singing. <laughs> he's like, so I started shaking her and she slipped on an ice cube. And one of her, the pins, uh, like, holding up her hair. Uh, pierced her skull and she was killed instantly. <laughs> like, there's just, and then he goes on about, he was like, he's like, but you guys think it's all bad for Buddy, but I found love. His name is Leon. He goes, um, my favorite line of that, he goes, he's like, we have a lot in common. We have both killed. We both love to sing in the choir, and we both have daddy issues, but his wound up in the paper. <laughs> I Speaking of drag queens, you know, that's interesting that, um, so maybe that was more like a, a maxim in the 80s or 90s that uh, gay men wouldn't be interested in drag queens. I mean, it seems like a lot of gay people go to, like, the Trixie and Katya stuff when they come to SF. But here's the thing. What uh, caught me off guard, they go into detail about chasers, straight men who are obsessed with them but only in drag. And, of course, they'll go out of their way to tell you that, you know, this comes off off the stage. They're just gay men looking for, like, relationships. But, like, uh, some straight men just get obsessed with drag queens. Yeah, um... Yeah, I know. That's like, that's just him doing a monologue. <laughs> like, uh, I've hung out with plenty of my friends who are all walks from the queer life. <laughs> um, some pro drag, some anti drag. Uh, we've all been to plenty of drag shows together. <laughs> um, but this is mostly in Chicago, though. I think I've only been to one or two drag shows in San Francisco. I've pretty much only gone to shows where at least Katya was performing. Um, I've been to Asia SF, which is trans women. Um, mm. uh, 
which is all really fun, but um, nah, I I guess not. Like, there's not a lot of the. It's to me going to like Asia SF, um, seeing those performances aren't as like showy, you know, as drag shows. They're Are they not, not like... putting as much into it? No, 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 no. They're just not like as just like. You know, they're not as... Ex- I wouldn't say explosive, but... um. Hmm. Oh, they're low-key drag queens. Mm, I wouldn't call a trans women drag queen. But, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Um, uh, but it, it's just not like... There's a there's a element of exaggeration when you go into a drag show. Mm. You know that's like uh oh they're just they're more like um hosts and hostesses there. Yeah, there is a show. I mean, it's like a runway, but you know, um, drag shows are like they get more ridiculous with costume designs <laughs> and like sets and stuff like that. Um. Cool, you know, I like both. But yeah, I don't know. I was watching him, the guy who plays Buddy Cole, on um, what's his face's podcast, uh, Tom Segura's, and Canadian. Tom Segura is not Canadian. Okay, um, I have to check with celebrities. Yeah, but uh, it, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. He was talking about um. How uh, clean comedy has become, and he was just like, ah, he's, he's like, I, I don't know uh, if this is just a fad. He goes, I understand uh, um, social justice politics. You know, he's like, I, he's like, I am uh, aware of people having unequal opportunities as everyone else. He's like, I may be gay. He's like, but. I, He's like, at the end of the day, I'm still a white man. He's like, I understand these things. He's like, but... He's like, I understand uh, how this relates to comedy. He's like, comedy is all... You know, it's not, like, intentional malintent. It's more like... You know, there's, like, an element of satire to it. And there's more... I don't know. It is interesting. I don't, I don't like to... <laughs> to me, I... Hey, we gotta toe the line here. We don't want to be cancelled ourselves. We only have, like, two viewers. <laughs> I know. Um, I come down on it, but, I mean, I think I'm basically all for holding people accountable. But yeah. it is a shame when you feel you can't even be subversive. Yeah, I'm the one with the raunchy jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was watching Joey Diaz on Tom Segura's pocket. It was funny, because I was watching Scott, and he was, like, talking about how... Um, uh, you know, he doesn't understand uh, people trying to filter comedy so much, and I understand that to an extent. There are... There has to be the line drawn where it's not comedy anymore, and it's just you being a dick. Like, I, I do understand that. Um, but I also understand satire, you know? But we do live in a day and age where it's it's hard to draw the line between satire and hate. <laughs> That's true. Um, but then I was watching Joey Diaz on the podcast. Oh, hey, here comes one of our two viewers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was watching Joey Diaz on the same podcast, and he... Oh, my gosh. He went into... And his bit... Uh, he was just... So if you guys don't know who Joey Diaz is, he's... Uh, a comedian, but he's also an insane person. He used to be like this big gangster, uh, like big, like uh, like major cokehead, uh, did, did a lot of crimes, blah blah blah. But um, he was talking about how he met this. Uh, he slept with this one-legged uh parole officer <laughs> and about how um, is that a conflict of interests <laughs> would you say no but he talks about how um he uh he used to flirt with her he talks about how he used to 
get a half chub before he had to pee in a cup in front of her. Um, cause he would, he would, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I wanna, I would, I would beat it up a little bit, uh, in the, and he talks about how he passed pee tests, which is, he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm cir- uh, I'm not circumcised, so I, would get a uh, pool. Oh, I don't want to hear that he hides stuff in the folds. <laughs> yeah, he would put like pool cleaner in there and like comet. And they're just like, Jesus Christ. I was like, what does that do to your dick? He goes, oh yeah, I've got like little holes in my dick now because of, cause of these things. And um, yeah, he would just let it all out in there and he'd pee in the cup and like the uh that like bleach and the pool cleaner that would like kind of just clean out all the other substances there's got to be other places you can hide that on your person um well have you ever had to take a pee test in front of somebody i don't think so and you know well not in front of somebody no and i don't think they told me i was going to have to take one for and See, I don't that's think a I cotton mouth swab. <laughs> and, okay, that's different. I did a shit ton of cocaine the night before my drug test. And our old manager, <laughs> she's the one who gave me the test. And she gave me the cotton swab. And I have it in my mouth. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like coked up there. And I'm like hungover. I just smoked a blunt. And I'm just like, oh, God. And she... <laughs> Gets it. Did you forget this was the next morning? <laughs> no, I was in the cave the night before. He goes, oh, bro, it's okay. It's okay. I did my drug test, and they just let me through. <laughs> it's more of a formality to than anything <laughs> I else. I know, and I'm like, well, it depends on... I, to me, I was like, it depends on who's drug testing me. If it's Bacho who <laughs> tested me, I'm sure the fuck wouldn't get that job. Hmm. Um, She... So, I don't know how you do it now, but you put it, um, you're supposed to put it in one, when you do the drug test, they put it in a, like, a little, like, um... A centrifuge. No? <laughs> they put it in, like, a plastic bag, and I think they, like, put it in some, like, store thing. Mm. Right? She does the drug test, like, and I'm looking at her... And it goes from, like, her having a smile to her just, like, I just see the disappointment levels rising in her. And she just puts it back into, like, the container and throws it away. And she goes, all right, well, it looks like everything's okay. (laughs) That would have been perfect if my nose just, like, started bleeding right then and there. Just collapse. (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, that was my drug test. Um, But, no, okay. Back to pee tests. It's different. Okay, it depends on the severity of it, the situation. Like, if you are on probation, um, they're gonna have someone stand... Okay, so you're gonna be peeing into a cup, and someone's going to be standing behind you while you are peeing into said cup. And they're gonna but watch that's only funny. if you're a minor. Ah. If you were an adult... Oh, they get a full picture. They get the full... Okay. They get the full shebang bang ah. That's why Joey Diaz taught, says that he would get, like... He would... He said he would... Well, masturbate in the car to get, like, a half chub. Um, yeah, and he's... I love how he goes on and says, like, yeah, she's a really pretty lady, but she only had one leg, so nobody fuck her. And he goes... Oh, she's like, fuck that, I fuck her. <laughs> like, oh, Joey Diaz. You were crazy. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. Um... That's only if you're a minor. If you're an adult, odds are, if you're, like, on parole, your PO is probably going to watch you pee. He's going to look at the pee, go into the cup. Make sure there's no funny business. Make sure there's no funny business. Exactly. Um, so, you know, that's... 
<laughs> it is what it is. Like, uh, what do I sign up for this job? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I knew. Um, I I know a couple of probation officers. Um, but uh, so that's like an interesting gig. I take it that's not what you're doing full time. It's more like that's what you do on Friday afternoons. The rest oh, of the time, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you get pissed tested like probably once a week. It's, hmm. Um, but, uh, if you, (laughs) so here's the thing about that is that you could still do, you could still party, um, before the piss test. Oh, there's a half-life, like, uh, when when can I stop? You can't part, you can't smoke marijuana. Okay. Marijuana is in your system for a hot minute. Um, especially if you're like us and you don't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it stays it stays in your body for a long time which is really funny uh, alcohol really only takes um, that really only takes a day I would say to get out of your system Okay, cocaine is what's the, f- yeah what's the closest I can cut it um, I've got five hours till my appointment what can yeah. I do okay so this is Okay, if you guys are trying to find out how to uh, pass a piss test, first things first, don't smoke any marijuana. Unless if you work out every day and you drink a lot of water and eat prunes, you're not going to be able to get the fucking weed out of your system in time. Cocaine, uh, psychedelic mushrooms, ecstasy, uh, amphetamines, that usually takes up to three days. Um... Heroin is like the same as marijuana. You can get it out of your system quickly, but like I doubt if you're a junkie, I doubt you're gonna be fucking. You're not gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah, I doubt you're gonna be Mister In Shape, Mister um, Health Nut. You know, I don't know too many junkies out there who go out there to Gold's Gym. He's running like the blocks and it's like, oh, how are you doing, Roger? It's like, sorry, Barry, I've got to work this heroin out of my system. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, the, your best bet is just to drink um, booze because that takes a day to get out of your system. Okay. Um, most most substances I've done takes three to five days. <laughs> Acid is an interesting one because it doesn't show up. Okay, here's what I've heard. This might be urban legend. No, acid. Artificial. Is that what makes the difference? Okay, LSD. So from what I've heard, LSD doesn't show up in pee tests, but Uh it does stay in your spinal cord forever, which I don't know is I don't know if that's fact. That would um, that would I mean it can't be like that you're building up a supply of acid. Maybe it just means that like your spinal cord is stained somehow. Like they can tell. Yeah. I heard the only way to um get tested for LSD is through a spinal tap, which is illegal in the state of California. Hey. Unless if you're like trying to join NASA or something. But, um mm. Um, someone told me that commercial pilots get spinal taps, uh, but then again, I don't know, this is all, you know, I was a high schooler during, like, all these songs. Oh, you believe anything. Yeah, I believed anything, and when I was getting drug tested, I thought, uh, yeah, I, dude, I thought I was gonna get a fucking spinal tap, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, this hey. is really the end for hey. me! This kid, you think he's old enough for the spinal tap? Get him in there. Come on. Don't waste that time. Come on. Get him under the spinal tap. Um, yeah, I was a real impressionable kid. So impressionable that I, I consumed a lot of narcotics at a young age. Here's one, though. Would you be willing to subject yourself to a DNA test if I paid for it? You'd want me to get DNA tested? Well, I think it'd be interesting. I mean, we know you're Irish, Afro, Puerto Rican. I think it would be an interesting thing to find out. Yeah, I don't know what else I have in me. 
Because, see, I'm the most boring. I'm literally, like, literally just a circle that covers about the British Isles and the north of France. That's all my DNA, James. I'm surprised it, it crossed one one body of water. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, I'm down. Um, I think I have a little bit of German, but probably not much. Um, How German do you think George is? Woof. <laughs> he said he's gone on record on how German he is. Uh... George, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so German's the that uh the never mind. <laughs> hey, it's something okay, I'm not saying anything that he hasn't said. Yeah. <laughs> but um I wanna see how German Derek is. Ah. <laughs> I'm kidding, Derek. <laughs> um I don't know. I think I'm part German. Um, I know my grandparents are Irish. They're Irish people. Or at least they were. Like, my grandfather's dead. My grandmother... She's alive, but, you know, we don't really... We don't really... (laughs) We don't hang out like that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not chill like that. And my mom's... Okay, so my... My grandfather on my mom's side is a black Puerto Rican man. And my grandmother, mm, I don't really know what she is. I know she's also Puerto Rican um, to an extent, but I, I think she's like also part like some kind of white and then also partially Mexican. Uh, she's got a mix of her own stuff. And, like, yeah, it's just really funny. Because, uh, I never knew my, th- my grandparents on my mom's side. They both died before I was born. Um, so I really only have one grandma. Uh, and I think her name is Noreen? That's a good grandma name. McAnulty or some shit like that? I like it. I don't know, something super Irish. <laughs> so, 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 um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, also, legend has it that uh, the name Brian, my last name, was changed for better work opportunity mm. because my family didn't want to be known as Irish people. They were all, uh, I mean, the Irish, I, I, as far as I know, as far as I know of Irish immigrants in the USA, I know they were rounded up into Five Points, New York. They were the, the you know, the second class citizens among, among whites. They were the bottom of the barrel. Of oh, whites. yeah. As far as whites go, Irish people were like, I don't want to quote um, my least favorite AMC show. Uh, hell on wheels but there's a good quote that sums up that the irish are the insert your own racial epithet here of uh europe yeah uh my buddy rico says ireland's the mexico of europe (laughs) but he could say that because he is mexican (laughs) i can't say that because i'm irish an irish person on the show said said that (laughs) just so we're clear uh yeah rico was telling me about um Oh, well, okay, so there's this one time, uh, he was telling me, um, he was getting chip-faced, uh, at this bar, and he turns around, and he sees these two construction workers, he goes, hey, what's up, and they're like, hey, how's it going, and he goes, are you guys Irish, and they're like, yeah, and he goes, I'm Mexican, they're like, hey, because, <laughs> There are a lot of similarities to Mexicans and Irish people. We'll have to explore that, I think, at a later date. <laughs> Alright, well, um, we didn't explore anything on Main Creek. We didn't explore anything on teenagers and horror films. We didn't explain anything on our favorite episodes of Spongebob. Well, I haven't watched, I haven't started that yet. That's my project. No. Well... 
Thank you for tuning in to us rambling. Um, We're going to need a piece of paper from now on where we jot these things down so we can, you know, pick these things back up. Okay, next next episode, we will have paper and pen. (laughs) My pencil! Exactly. Another Spongebob reference. Keep on supporting our channel. Um, In whatever way that you do. You be you. Yeah. Uh, you could find us on Tim and James at Infowars.net. Oh, you know, they're deplatforming us, so, uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Um, yeah, that's, that's about it for us. We love you. Um, hopefully you get through the workday. Hopefully this will... Stave off suicide. I, I was mean, about to say, hopefully this will get that loaded gun out of your mouth. Yeah. But I t- oh, you put it so much better. <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> but if we did, then we're doing our job. Hey, I mean, and if you fucking decide to pull the trigger, it's your life. You get to choose how you end it. You want to end it on a on society's terms, or do you want to end it on your terms? What are they going to do? See you? You're dead. Come on. <laughs> and on that note... So long, good night.